0: I would say just you know be patient and trust the process. As long as you're doing the best you could do and you're giving it your all, you can look yourself in the mirror and you're like, I did the best I could today. I went all in, I was the first one in the shop, the last one to leave. I handed out 50 business cards this week. I spoke to this amount of people. You're doing the most you could do and you're doing everything to learn and, and pay attention to the craft and how you could get better. As long as you're doing that, just patience, and everything is just gonna. You're just gonna evolve into this person that you're gonna attract. What you, what you're visualizing.
1: Discipline simple. It's just remembering what you want. So don't forget to always prioritize what they can't see. What's going on guys, welcome back to Rise Above where you'll be able to hear, learn, and grow from individuals who have rose above their circumstances which led them to what they define as success. I've been truly blessed in life to have a great group of friends that are not only doing remarkable things for themselves but willing to share their journey even if it only helps one individual change the trajectory of their life. Today's guest is an individual that I wrote down on the top of my list on this podcast and I've been blessed to have him way earlier than anticipated. They say there's always a story behind the glory, and he has a very powerful one. With over 1 million followers collectively on all social media platforms, he's the owner and CEO of Visionary Barbers, has an impressive network of clients, Daddy Yankee, just to name one of them. I've had the pleasure to know him for about two years now, and honestly, I don't even like to call him my barber. He's truly an artist, a businessman, someone that's like a brother to me, and always keeps me fresh. It is none other than Yandel Rivera, also known as the one and only, Yandi blends. Yandi, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It's truly an honor and blessing to have you here. Likewise, brother. Uh, so we got talking. We got to talking yesterday. Um, I've known you for about two years now, and uh, bro, your story is uh, truly powerful, truly inspirational. And um, I want to start by talking about behind all the the glory, right? What everybody sees on social media, everybody sees the success. Um, who's Yandi? Where did it all begin for you? Where were you born? Tell us a little bit about your early childhood.
0: Appreciate that man. Thank you, A. V. Um, so pretty much my name is Jandel Rivera, known as Jandy Blends on Instagram. I was uh born in Calle, Puerto Rico. And I grew up in Kissimmee, pretty much what we call Orlando. I moved out here when I was seven years old. Uh picked up pair of clippers when I was thirteen years old. They didn't really like really like people cutting my hair out here. There wasn't many barbershops and stuff like that. So um, from seven years old, I pretty much had to learn English started, you know, cause uh, Puerto Rico, Spanish, everything's Spanish. Yeah. So when I moved out here, it was, you know, struggling to learn English and just, you know, get get familiar with, with that and, you know, start a, a whole new life out here in, in Orlando,
1: Kissimmee. That's huge, man. And the, trans- the transition from Puerto Rico to Kissimmee um, I know we were talking yesterday and you mentioned something about like, it was only your mom that had to raise like four kids. Right. So, yeah, so like talk to me about that.
0: Yeah. It's it was pretty crazy for her. Cause as a single mom, you know, uh, our father wasn't around. She moved from we, when we moved out here, when I was seven years old to Kissimmee, she was on her own. She was on her own doing the best she can with four kids she had and just trying to, you know, provide for us as a single mother.
1: And, you know, that's that's huge because um, I guess when we're younger, right, what we think about is especially having immigrant parents, what we think about is like our parents compared to parents out here, right? Parents that were from here. Right. And um, when you get when you get to being a little bit older, you realize like, man, like your your parents did the best that they could with what they knew. Right. Like They came came from a different country. Like they know what they know. and And then they come out to America where there's things are just different right and uh, we're just so used to comparing our parents to to what's what's out here and like like i said like they they, they did the best that they could so that's absolutely a, that's a that's a great point so you talk about your siblings how many siblings you got
0: yeah we're total we're six because my mom ended up having um two more mm-hmm. with my stepfather and so we're totally six you know i got i got three three two brothers my mm-hmm. best sorry and three sisters so we're total six are you guys close yeah we're you know we're close but not as close as we should be and we have the potential to be got it we, we definitely got a potential to you know because we still communicate but it's not like we're together as much as we we want
1: to be or should be okay and, and, and is everybody out here in florida
0: yeah everybody's actually out here in florida pretty much everybody um just my immediate family's out
1: here awesome so um yeah so i know you had a, a big family now talk to me about your was your relationship with your mom i know you said you know she came out here she you guys you, your parents were divorced early at an early age so she came out here raised you guys on on her own um so what, what's the relationship with your mom i know from from the early from early childhood to like when you got a little bit older so
0: pretty much um right now our relationship is all right but i'll tell you the story like i feel like she was always there for me and at a younger age and it got to the point that obviously she had another marriage, she got married, she got in another relationship, and she found herself battling and having two more kids on top of that. So it was six of us and just going through those motions and having to deal with us. We weren't the most well-behaved kids either. Even though we had good morals and stuff like that, we weren't the bestly behaved in a lot of things. And I know she had to struggle a lot, so um, they were very, I used to think they were very strict. Yeah, yeah. yeah I used to we think, they were, think yeah, yeah, I used to think they were very strict, but looking back now, they actually let us, you know, be pretty free and go out and, you know, play with our friends and stuff like that. A lot of things that kids these days don't even have. But it got to the point that, like, like we had a fallout when I moved out. Like, see, they they had mentioned something like, "Oh, if when you leave, you don't come back." No, something come like that. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So of course, of course. I took that personal, I guess. And when I was like 17 turning on 18, I had a girlfriend. They weren't happy with it because she wasn't from um, the religion. Mm -hmm. She wasn't from the religion. So they weren't too happy about that. And um, they weren't probably happy me even being in the house. If I was going to continue that for them, what was not right in the lifestyle. So um, yeah, Mm -hmm. after that, I moved out. Me and my mom didn't talk for seven years,
1: seven years. Yeah, we
0: didn't talk for seven years. And um, I went through a lot through those seven years and it, it wasn't until like years later that I, we actually started talking again and things worked out differently and right. well, now we, we have a good relationship but it's not I would I would say like that that time from there really affected affected our relationship because it could have been you know a lot more solid but we're, I still got time to repair that
1: right no of course of course and I know um you mentioned to me when we were talking like you had a role model um, growing up, and I think it was your it was your stepdad, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. talk to me about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, man. Um,
1: do, and I, actually, sorry to cut you off, but do you think that that your mother getting into a relationship had something to do with the distance that you guys began to have?
0: It, I'm pretty sure it had to because it was some, you know, she weren't just having to take care of our needs; it was now somebody else also, and maybe that, you know, made it a lot harder for us, uh, for her, a lot more stressful for her. But, you know, then you asked me about my stepfather, he right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he was he came along great great role model, you know, man that takes a woman with four kids, you know, yeah. it's not, that's, it's that's true, rare, is not very rare. Very rare and uh I, I feel like, you know, besides everything we went through, I owe him, you know, gratitude, nothing but gratitude and thankful for him because he showed me a lot of things. He he always he didn't have the entrepreneurship mindset, but he had the success mindset in the sense of like what he was doing. He's a mechanical engineer and he studied, he went to college and he, you know, did the best. Like I remember he was a manager in McDonald's providing for us. And wow. that's how he, while he had that next job, which was as a mechanical engineer. And growing up with him was great in the sense, like I learned how to drive, you know, stick shift cars. I liked, I always liked the cars, but I felt like what, cause of him, I got into certain type of cars, and I liked them even more. And he gave me the opportunity, me and my sister, to learn at a very young age. I think it was like 13 years old to, like, learn how to drive stick shift. He would, driving his car? Yeah, driving his car. He had a sports car, a <laughs> nice. GSR, I Acura, at that time. And uh, we go to a parking lot, and he'll pretty much, you know, let us drive his car. Just, like, learn. And we, we learned at a young age. I learned at a young age to drive pretty much thanks to him. So... Just that and a lot a lot of other things that, you know, he was there for and he had he, he, he was more like he see who's younger. He's 10 years younger. than So he was more like cool. You oh, yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. looked at him like like inspiration and stuff like that. So, yeah, like the cool step
1: that, you know, that the smart guy. That's dope, bro. Yeah. Um, so now we're at a point where like 17 years old, you move out. Right. Uh, what was your what was your first job? Did you stumble upon barbering right away mm-hmm. or what was your first job?
0: Uh, my first shop was, I was like 15 years old. It was called Genesis Barbershop. I feel like that's where we, I really grew as, as a barber. And like, at that time there was like the best barbers in that barbershop. And for me to be able to have an opportunity to even work there was, was phenomenal, was phenomenal. So that was my first shop I actually worked at.
1: When did you actually like pick up the Clippers? Uh,
0: 13 years old. I was, yeah, I was 13. Like I was just tired of getting like, the, the hairstylist wouldn't do your shape up in the front or anything like that. Yeah. So I found some clippers in the bottom of, of the of the sink in the bathroom. Yeah. And I was just like, I started just cutting myself up, shaping myself up, cutting myself up, <laughs> you know, everything. But it was, it was, I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to learn. I was like, if they're going to mess me up, I'm going to mess myself up. Nice. So, yeah, that's how I, I started, like, grabbing a pair of clippers. Then I just started giving free haircuts out and in my uh, At backyard. 13?
1: at 13, 14. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then after so so you pick up the clippers first. So how does from picking up the clippers to you getting your first job? How did that that happen at the barbershop?
0: Uh, Pretty much I started just working, you know, offering free haircuts. And behind behind the house, I was cutting, I remember, for free. Then I went up to three dollars. Then I went to five dollars and seven. And I remember that I had a package back then for twenty dollars, I would I had got cert- certified with the aesthetics kit to uh, do yeah. piercings. <laughs> uh-huh. So for $20, like I would do, I would do that. I would do the, <laughs> okay. I would do your earrings. I would do your haircut. And I had another package that I would also dye your hair. So That's I'll do that. I, I got into doing highlights at a young age. Uh-huh. At like 15 years old, I was doing highlights. I would put the little cap, you know, oh, do nice. the highlights. Yeah, it was. And not licensed self-talk? Nothing, just nothing, nothing. I think I got inspired also because there was two other barbers in, in high school when, we, when I was in ninth grade that they were like popular, you know, their name was Andy actually, Andy and Edwin. Uh-huh. You know, they were they were the two, like, I remember they used to like battle each other. And then there was me and my guy Jose, which he was the one that got me the first job at Genesis actually, but it was like, they were up here and we were still, we were the newbies, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was it, was, it was pretty cool, you know, cause we had something to look up to and, you know, just kept, kept growing after that and and getting into barbering. I don't mean to backtrack,
1: but you told me a funny story about getting expelled from school. Yeah. (laughs) Could you you talk about that story about the razor?
0: Yeah, that was crazy. So pretty much um, this is when I'm not 100% sure that like I wanted to cut hair. Like I like the mechanics too. So I wanted to, I had the opportunity. I'm going to high school. Let me, um, you know, use the, the resources that they had at Tico at that time. So I signed up for for mechanics. And I remember me and my boy, we was into cutting hair. So he brings a razor. My boy Jonathan brings a razor to the school, and um, he lends it to me. And during our break, I'm doing this guy's eyebrows, my friend Tito's eyebrows, and I'm just, the the teacher comes in. The teacher comes in, and I look at him, and I'm like, oh. And I just kept, you know, I was like, I didn't act paranoid. I'm like, I'm not doing nothing wrong, you know. I'm not doing nothing wrong. And they made the biggest deal about it. Uh, They... (laughs) They pretty much expelled. It. They they not pretty much. They expelled us from school for that. They, I had to go to the school named Crossroads, was was a school for like bad kids and stuff like that. <laughs> over a razor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it was a pretty. So cool not even thing.
1: like used as a weapon. You were literally. I just was cutting.
0: just doing his eyebrows, and I think he had like pimples. So like he had like a little cut oh on. Oh my so god. So they made the biggest deal about that too. They were taking pictures of his face and all
1: that. That's that's crazy. No, that was that, that was actually a. Um, a funny story, a story when you were telling me yesterday, but um, so we're we're at Genesis Barbershop, right? After that, um, I th- I think you had a huge um, a huge turning point, which is like the the biggest part of your story, right? Um, so you said at twenty three, w- w- were you still there at twenty three years old? Is that like no, where- no,
0: no? I went through many shops. I went through uh, in my first seven years. I went through a lot of shops. A lot. Yeah, pretty so, much. So so that, I that was goes. I some- I actually went. I, I worked there and it was back and forth. I was there till like I was 17 and then from there I worked at this barbershop which like I felt like I, I, I think I was 18 mm-hmm. and I felt like that's where I got all my speed I got like to like really like practice it was we went from charging. I remember the full service was $20 where we were and this was years ago I'm talking about twenty 27 years ago so we went from charging that to a barbershop that we're charging $8 everything so imagine to make that money, you had to cut way more heads. But this barbershop right. was more about volume, and it was more about quality. I mean, quantity, not quality. But I added a little bit of both, mm-hmm. and I had that speed, and that I used it to my advantage. I remember I mean, here, like, how many heads would you? Would you I cut? remember the first day I got there, the record was thirty. I cut thirty-two. Wow! In a day. Since, in a day, I cut thirty-two. Jeez. The next day, I cut thirty-eight. The manager was in liking it because <laughs> he was the top. He was the top, yeah, so he yeah. was already like you could already feel like ah, you know, like yeah. somebody came in here. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's 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 how it happened. So we started. I started working there, and um, they helped me a lot, it helped me evolve, you know, and get my skills up. I was pretty good, but I got to get the speed and also just you know have that barbershop relationship, and pretty much just like do what I liked it to do.
1: That's that's awesome. And like, how was how was life then? I know you like you're you moved out. Now you're in different barbershops, but you finally got to a barbershop that you that you've been, you know, you're actually like succeeding in and you're doing well. Yeah. So like, well, just explain to me, like, what was life like then?
0: Oh, I felt like life was great. back then. Cause it was just so simple. Everything was like I was doing what I love at that moment. I felt like I had no fear. I had no I had no nothing. I didn't care about anything pretty much. And I felt like sometimes a good attitude is a bad attitude. It could get you. You know, but it, it, it helped me in the sense of like I would go through anything and just like bounce back or whatever. But yeah, I was pretty good because I had, at that time, I was, you know, I had, you know, my girl that I live with and stuff like that back then, ex. Uh, I, had, I had my two cars, I had my house, wow. I had my stuff just, you know, for at a very young age, 18 years old, I'm doing my wow. thing. I'm, I'm, known in in the industry and in close, you know, pretty much like in whole Orlando, I'm known as one of the best barbers. And it was just, it was fun. It was fun. We were all into like car racing and stuff. And it was always like in the barbershop, it was that's what all we talked about cars and racing
1: and this and that. Nice. Nice. That's amazing. And you know, um, one thing I've noticed about you, um, from the time i met you to like present day is like your passion and like your love for barbering, and for doing what you do. What is it about what you do? Like, what did you fall in love with when it came to just cutting hair?
0: I fell in love with just being able to be myself and have a relationship with my clients and Pretty much I felt like I was I was going to hang out to make money. You know, I was coming to the shop to hang out because because you never
1: mentioned money. Like like that's the thing. Like you never mentioned money first. It was never about the money. It was never
0: about the money. It was more about like I it to do it. I like it was a getaway. It was something I liked to do and just get my mind off whatever. And it was my spot. Just get to the spot. And yeah, I wanted to make money, but that wasn't the priority. Right. You're just doing what you you love to do. What I love to do. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. And I feel like um, if there's like any advice that you have to give to anybody that look, they're they're chasing their dreams. Right. But what happens is like, you know, society, the outside world, all the noise, everybody gets caught up with chasing other people's dreams. They get caught up with chasing the money. Right. Um, What bit of advice would you give to the listeners that, you know, they're looking to chase their dreams they're looking to achieve their dreams they're looking to follow their dreams but they haven't got there yet like what what did what did you do
0: I, I would say just you know be patient and trust the process as long as you're doing the best you could do and you're giving it your all you can look yourself in the mirror and you're like I did the best I could today I went all-in I was the first one in the shop the last one to leave I handed out 50 business cards this week I spoke to this amount of people you're doing the most you could do and you're doing everything to learn and, and pay attention to the craft and how you could get better as long as you're doing that just patience and everything is just gonna you're just gonna evolve into this person that you're gonna attract what you what you're visualizing
1: I love I love that and um, I think uh, that's what a lot of people lack nowadays is just patience hey, because, nice. because they what they see on social media and what they see in the outside world all this success but people don't know like what goes behind it and I think they end up putting their dreams on the back seat right and and just chasing chasing the money and and the reality of it is like you can't sustain happiness for the rest of your life if you're chasing chasing the money and i and, and I, I admire that about you appreciate bro, so. that appreciate that so thank you Don of course and there's a huge turning point that you told me about yesterday in your life which is like the most moving part of your entire story and um it started off at 23 years old at the barbershop so Play by play. Tell us exactly what happened. And, and I know this is and these are one of these things that like I appreciate you being comfortable talking yeah, all, talking about on camera because yeah. like you're making yourself vulnerable um, and it's it's something um, something yeah. that impacted your life.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I remember telling you, you know, so it was just a, a time in my life where everything was going great. Everything was going good. Business was good. Clients was good. And I guess you're, you're, you've you're been cutting it's been what, seven years already. A while, and you maybe getting a little bored, or you wanted to spice things up, or just like have more fun. I remember a client of mine um, offering me a pill. Mm-hmm. You know, at that moment he he uh, he painted it to me like it was a Tylenol, like it's nothing bad. You mm-hmm. know, let me. You know, I remember that day. It's me and my friend. I remember he had offered it to me before, but I was I wasn't too interested. But that day it was just like, yo, let's let's do it. <laughs> it you know, let's do it, let's do it. I remember. I took it my, my my friend Junior took it at the same time. We were cutting, we we're both cutting. We literally at the same time 30 minutes in, we look at each other and we're like we're like yo, this is crazy. Like we 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 feeling great. We're feeling, you know, like uh-huh. yo, know, we could cut a 100 heads. Let's go. Uh-huh. So, I'm the type of person I have addictive personality. So, I felt like that got me caught up into that and I started looking for it every day. Got so, so what, what it was it, if you don't mind me? asking? Oh, Percocet, Percocet. Okay. Percocet. Yeah. Thanks for asking. No problem. Yeah. So I got into that and it led to, you know, being addicted to it. By the time I found out I was addicted, it was I mean, by the time I was addicted, like I remember the guy that I gave him to me was like, oh, don't, you know, like, take it easy. Because I oh, now you tell me, you know, now you're going to tell me that it gets you addicted. But, you know, he knew what he was doing. You know, just sometimes I f- feel like people want you to accompany them in their misery. I guess. And with me being young, innocent in that aspect, I didn't have that malicious mindset at that time. I felt like I fell into the trap and I started, you know, taking it, got real, real, real high doses, super high doses, then got into the oxycodones and all that nature uh, and ended up just ruining my life in a matter of like five years, four years. I just it, it just escalated. got worse. I started you know, losing things. I started having problems at work, at the house, everything. It just, it just got, it just got ugly for me. Started losing, you know, my car. I got in trouble with the law a bunch of times. I got locked up a bunch of times for, you know, stupid, stupid things, you know, I thought, you know, that. so pretty much I was just, just going on a down, down spiral and, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy time in my life that I look back and I and I reflect and I definitely don't want to go back over there again. No, of and, course I, not. and I, you know, made sure I make sure that I always remind myself, like not even, you know, just stay away.
1: Well, wow, I mean, thank you for sharing that, brother. Um, that's that's huge. Um, so when when how, how long did that time period last for you?
0: Yeah. So that lasted from 23 all the way to like 30 years old, pretty much. Just I think I started like. Getting more help around like 28 around there, I started joining a program. It was like a program that was like pretty much another drug, but it was legal and you can just, you know, just take that and it was,
1: it'll, it'll like wean you off. Yeah, wean you oh, off okay, and okay. stuff
0: like that. But that's the thing, I didn't use. I I at that moment I kind of abused it, you know. But I never abused it to the level. Like I always, I felt like I could have done better at that moment. But I, eventually I did, you know. I I the goal was always to like get off and, and get my life together. You know, that was the goal. It wasn't until like I was like 28 that I was like, yo, I got to get this. I got I got to change. You know, I was depressed. I was gaining weight. I was. What was know, that moment? Like, what was
1: that? I feel like everybody has this moment where like and growing up, but whether it was something as like severe as what you went through, some sort of trauma. Right. But when, when, when was that moment? Like you looked in the mirror and you were like, yo, Yandi, I'm f-, like, you're fucking up like, like, and, and I need to change something. Like, when was that moment? I think that moment was,
0: <laughs> I, I, I remember one time, my boy, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't into like cocaine like that, but like, it was a phase that I was just doing, doing a little bit here and there. And it, w- it wasn't like, it wasn't like my thing. It was never my thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember that day, like he gave me something, left it under his door or whatever. He's like, go pick it up under the rug or whatever. And I was like, bro, this, this seems like a lot, bro. Like for the $20, this is... A, a lot. So, anyways, like no, no, that's that's whatever. So, anyways, I remember that was the last time I ever touched that. I think I was bleeding on my nose for like almost a whole month, and it was just wow. weird. It was just like like it was nasty, disgusting. Wow. And I, and that's when I was like, yo, this is nasty. Like I can't do this. Uh, this isn't me. And I felt like after that, I never. That was the last time I ever touched that, and I, I never did that. Even though that wasn't my my drug of choice at that moment, but you know, it still uh, it was part of that lifestyle. And I was like, no, nah, I got to stop this. This isn't, this isn't it. I was feeling lonely. I was feeling, you know, isolated. I didn't even know what to do. I was just in my room all the time, eating a bunch of junk food, not taking care of my health.
1: Were you, were, you, were you still living on your own at that no, time? No, at
0: that moment, I uh, was living with my parents. I actually ended up moving back, like, when I was, um, oh, wow. like, 27 years old, 20 years old. They gave me another opportunity They see I wasn't doing good. That's when... You know, everything started, you know, getting better, and I started also at that time started going to church more and just, you know, changing my perspective and my mindset and little by little cleaning my act up.
1: Nice man, and that, but that's that's huge that you can overcome that when you when you look back at everything. Um, and I, look, there may be some listeners that have got that got over this sort of adversity, that got over this sort of trauma. Um, what would you say? Like, what was what was your like learning lesson from this? Would you would you think it's just environment was it was it was, is, is it was the environment the people that you're great, surrounded great with
0: to bring that up yeah definitely environment is key i had to remove that whole environment stop chilling with those people i don't want nothing to know with those type of people that were into that because it's big key like oh you're chilling with them and you already like that's the uh, you yeah. know like that's that's what to do like well, the cool thing to do yeah that's what we're doing today that's what we're doing we're either looking for for whatever we're going to take and and we're going to take it and just talk a bunch of shit
1: <laughs> No, for sure. And then steps that you took, like, what 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 were the steps? So after you've, after you got to a point where you're like, all right, man, I've gained a ton of weight. This is where my life's at. Um, I'm spending all my money on things that I'm not supposed to be spending my money on drugs, whatever it is. Um, what steps did you take to like get out of that? What was the next thing after that? So after that, like what back to barbering, how did you like, get your life back together?
0: So I, um, I remember I got into a relationship and that's when I was going to church. I started going to church. I started changing my, my mind, my perspective on it. I knew how to clean myself up, especially if if I wanted to, you know, marry this person. Um, I, I got married, everything got better, but it was still not a hundred percent. You know, I still once in a while would still do it. it wasn't, it wasn't big, but still I was still in a program. I was still working on myself. And it was like, when I was like 30, I think it didn't work out. It didn't work out, I had a divorce. That's when I had like, I was pretty gained weight. I had gained a lot of weight also during that time. And it wasn't until that time that I really, when I went through a divorce, that I used that as fuel and as motivation to, to really like, like I'm like, I, to remind myself who I always was and, and what I was capable of and what I could do and, and take my life serious and just switch switch everything around. I knew I just that was the tipping point, the turning point right there when nice. I went through that.
1: Got it, got it. So I mean just using using your pain to fuel your passion, your purpose, uh, that's that that's huge. Now you're back on track, right? Life gets better and what what kinda happens next? How did how did we get to having your own barber shop? um, having two barbershops now. So what's the, what's the story behind that?
0: So yeah, my first studio was, um, before I got the divorce, I got the studio. I remember when I transitioned, I was at the barbershop for commission and I remember he tried to put fear in me. That's when I started like expanding like my mind and just trying to, you know, do my own thing. I had my own clientele. I started believing in myself a little bit more and he tried to put fear in me like, Oh, you just got married. You're crazy. You know, you shouldn't do that. Mind you, the studio's already finished. And he put so much... He tried to put so much fear in me, but he almost won. Like, he offered me this crazy percentage. I almost said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to stay because maybe he's right. But then I was like, nah, this isn't it. This is now or never. And I was like, no, I'm good. You know, I just started. I believed in myself. I went. I opened up my first studio. It was a two-chair studio. From there, I... uh, well, with, there, the, like, with, the,
1: with the two, two, two chair studio, ex- explain like what your financial situation was at the time and how you how you opened up that that studio.
0: Oh, the studio. But the studio, my financial it, it wasn't much that I had to invest in the studio. It was more when the financial situation oh, for, for the, the barbershop Oh, okay, for so the It's two different shop. situations. Yeah, it's a different situation. So for the studio, it wasn't like I had to invest that much, probably like a few thousand or whatever. Mm. I was lucky that the I was blessed that the the place where I had the studio at, there was a barber shop there and he rented me a whole separate, my own room in this barbershop he was trying to create on a second floor. And he I was blessed that he rented me my own room and I had my own studio in there, you know, my own brand, everything. Uh, so it wasn't till that fell apart. Like they sold the building. They're like, hey, after oh, wow. like two years, I think, they're like, you have to, they're like, you have to, um, you have to leave because they're selling the building. And, and, I, have- and the thing was that the owner of the barbershop officially, he already, he had already left. Like they, they went out of business, but I'm still in business. He okay. couldn't find barbers. It didn't go good for him. And that's when I was like, wow, I need to do something. I need to find a spot. I need to find a place. And that's when I found a
1: new, the new, the new spot. So how much time did you have to leave?
0: I had like two, three months, not mm-hmm. even maybe not like two months around there.
1: So then how did you get to opening your first real shop?
0: Wow. So pretty much I was like, Hey, um, I was already in a relationship with, um, my lady now Waleska. And at that moment I was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta do something. Um, I gotta open up, find something new. And she supported me. She was like, Oh, let's do it. We could, we can, we can make it happen. I came and i I started looking for locations. I'm like, they didn't even know exactly what I wanted. I just know that I had to get something. So I was like, you know what, I should open up a barbershop, like a bigger, not just a studio. I should open up something that I could bring people in and give opportunities to people. And that's how that happened. I find a location. I remember I hadn't really, I, I didn't have no money at that moment, but I just, you know, I was a big believer in the law of attraction and certain things manifesting for you. At that time I was applying all those laws and they, that's when I proved to myself that it's real and it works and everything that you want to create, you first create it in your mind, and then it becomes a reality. So I came and I found the location, got a great location, great price for being a storefront. Um, I got the key. I remember probably say it was like $3,000, like $4,000 to get the spot. How did I get the money to do that? It was crazy because I never had good credit. And that day, I remember, around that time, I got approved for like a four thousand dollars credit card. Boom! Like I was like, I remember I was jumping up. We was, we was jumping up, man. My girl was jumping up. Like wow, this was great. This is great. Like I was like, boom. So then, I ended up getting another four thousand dollars from Square Credit. They gave me another loan. So and you had eight thousand. Yeah. Now. So I have eight thousand now, and that's how. I started, I started little by little, just like getting everything ready. I remember the day that we went to buy the stuff for the salon, for the barber salon, uh, everything was 35% off or something like that, just a 24 hour sale. So it was just like, everything just manifested, everything just wor- worked out. We, we went through the, you know, through, through the process of just, you know, doing it. I remember I, I had a cut in my house for like three weeks and at that moment i'm not paying rent so everything i'm just stacking second, stacking second. stacking everything i'm just putting it in put it in I, I got money from i'm telling you i i don't even know where the money came. it just came it just came i just wow. believed i know how to do it i know how to make it happen and the money just started coming
1: bro that's an amazing story
0: thank you brother we set a goal to open up november 11th which by the way it's gonna be November eleventh. It's gonna be six years of this. Congratulations, November 11th. damn, that's huge. Same yeah. barbershop. Same barbershop. Congratulations, yeah. but That's Thank huge. You. Thank you. We've been through adversity and everything, but we're still here and just pushing forward.
1: That is that's massive, brother. And then and then um I mean that's your that's your first location that's in Kissimmee.
0: Yeah, first location. Um nine chairs.
1: Nine chairs. Pretty
0: big space. Um went went
1: re- very well since the beginning. That's amazing, brother. That's amazing. And then, so so now now you've got a full fledged barbershop nine chairs, barbers cutting, I noticed, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, but the average barber, um, doesn't do what you do in the industry. And that's, that's, that's just the reality of it. You bring a different flavor, uh, to the industry and you literally met, you know, entrepreneurship and, and cutting hair. You've, you've, you've put that together in visionary barbers, as we see, as we see here, talk to me about how, uh, the birth of, uh, visionary barbers came about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. It's crazy how it happens. I'm doing well. Three years in, in John Diblen's barber salon, everything is going well. Everything is going great. Clientele amazing. I'm getting, I'm hitting all my financial goals, mm-hmm. which at that time I was just to make six figures. You know, as right. a barber, just make that or more, and make a certain amount every week. I'm doing, you know, doing really good, and I just knew I wanted to elevate. My career a little bit more. I felt like I had a plateau. I had been there too long. I wanted to try something new. I just wanted to expand myself and really just put myself to the test and know it's like yo, I could do this anywhere. I, I can do this anywhere. So, I came and I decided to one well the opportunity. I knew I wanted to go to like Miami yeah. or LA, some a big city, something like that. One day, somebody just randomly calls me, hits me up, like hey, I'm selling this barbershop in Miami. I'm like, okay, Um, Young Teflon, he hits me up. And I was like, let me see it, send me pictures, videos. Okay, cool, this and that, I'm looking at it. All right, cool, it was in this location. Mm -hmm. I end up coming down to check it out. There wasn't much in here, it was just like some broken stations. I remember I sold everything in here for like 600 bucks. Had to get that out before, because we already getting everything in, getting everything situated. I bought the barbershop for like $12,000. Bought it just for the space. It was, for me, it was worth it. Of you course. Know? It was just to be able to come in here and do, and I took that opportunity. I was like, okay, well, this is for me. I'm going to be in this spot, new spot, and it's a blessing to be here. This is like his own city, North Bay Village, his own city, and, you know, the only barbershop in this whole town. Like, from North Bay Village, from the bridge and up, this is his own city, so we're the only barbershop wow. in this town, which, yeah. is, which is phenomenal, and it's amazing. So it was a great opportunity to get in here, and that's how... That's how Visionary uh, Studio came out. We ended up, I just, you know, my lady ended up believing in me and trusting me like, hey, go, you know, make it happen. You know, she didn't like hold me back for my dreams and goals and just came, helped me out. We made it happen.
1: How would you get the name Visionary? Like, how did that, how did the, how did this all come about? The clippers, yeah, the, yeah. All, all of that. The accessories, accessories. They, all the accessories and yeah. stuff.
0: So pretty much, um, I was sponsored by a brand that was called Diamond's Edge at that moment. Uh. It was a razor brand that I have some of the razors around here still laying around. Uh, I ended up like sponsored by them, but they were they they were just had like razors and shears at that moment. At w- at one moment, the guy my guy Bebo, good great dude, great dude. Mm-hmm. He offers me the brand. He offers me the brand. He's like, hey, I'm selling it. I don't you know I don't. I don't I don't want to deal with this brand no more right now. Like I got a lot going on. Certain situations came up. If you want it, I'm selling it to you. Three thousand dollars. Three thousand dollars. He wow. sold me the brand for three thousand dollars. I bought the brand off of him. It had like twenty thousand followers already. The the Visionary Barbers page. Uh, it, actually IG? at that time it was Diamond's Edge. Okay. So how does Visionary come out? Visionary comes out one day that I'm just like, I want something that's my own. Something that is it it identifies me and and identifies what I do and how I visualize and think and, you know, visualize things before they happen. I, one day I just wrote the word. I just thought about the word, visionary. I bring it up to my lady, I get home. I'm like, kind of like drafting it out and like, what can we put? I want like a logo or something in in the middle to visionary. She comes up with the bulb. you know, puts it together, like kind of like sketched it out. I mean, you know so it was just like a combination of both of us we come and you know send it to i send it to the artist, to the graphic artists and that's how the visionary came out we started wow. you know selling products on visionary it was like an exclusive line of diamonds edge so we eventually made everything just visionary and then i added visionary barbers to it i added barbers to it like i oh, i decided okay. to just like hey let me just not just focus on barbering but like that's who I am you know that's I'm, I'm a barber so let me just you know brand it visionary barbers and that's after that that's we've just been you know growing ever since it's been a few years every year we're just getting better and, and expanding the brand we've came out with really amazing products that people are are are, are loving and they're there's they they're using them on a daily basis you know making their job easier yeah. to use the tools too
1: bro that's 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 powerful. I mean, powerful story. And um, when you look it. at when you look at visionary now, and what do you? What's the vision for you for the brand? Where like, what does five years from now or ten years from now look for? Like look like for Yandi?
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. I I, I definitely want to be like the number one barbering brand in the industry. I want to like have my brand worldwide, like expanded, like all the barbers using it. Expand, have my hair product line, which I've always visualized and had. I've I've had samples and it's it's in it's in the works. It's been in the works for years, We just haven't, you know, finished like haven't dedicated to that because everything is just one one thing at a time and working at certain things. But I visualize it, it being top 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 brand barbering brand in the industry, um, with a lot of growth and and just people like really loving to use it like. Like a Supreme or something like that, but for barbers or something like
1: that. Now that, bro, that, and that's huge. And you know, um, it's an industry that I feel like you're you're truly changing because you, when you when you when you hear a barber, when you hear somebody cutting hair, and then this, this is nothing against the industry, but here's the true reality of it: nobody's willing to take that risk and bring entrepreneurship into it. Um, have your own brand. I mean, have your own two shops now. Um, have people sponsoring your brand. I mean, bro, that's, that speaks volumes about you and just shows that, like, if you really put your mind to whatever you're passionate about, whatever makes you happy, the money's going to come. Absolutely. And I think that's what people forget. Right. Absolutely. Everybody's just so busy chasing the money, but they, they 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 forget that, you know, whatever makes them whatever makes them happy and whatever whatever they're good at, at the end of the day, the money will follow. So exactly. um, appreciate the story, brother. We're at the end um, of the podcast, so I've got this part of the podcast that I was telling you about, which I didn't prepare you for, but I kind of prepared you for it. Uh, it's called the final rise, right? So okay. the final rise, it's five questions, all right? And it's like a it's like a little speed round, right? Five questions that I, that you have to answer either with one sentence or one word, all right? Ready?
0: One sentence or one word. One
1: sentence or one word, that's it. You ready for this? Let's do it. All right, so question number one, what's the best advice you've ever gotten?
0: best advice I ever got. Best
1: advice,
0: Mm -hmm. I think to believe in myself.
1: Perfect, perfect. Um, Second question, what's the worst advice anyone's ever given you?
0: A limiting mindset.
1: Limiting mindset. A
0: limiting mindset that you can't do this, you
1: can't do that. You can't do it, okay. So, and and that kind of falls hand in hand with the best advice, right? Believing in in yourself, love it. this is a good one. If you could do anything else besides barbering full time, what would it be? Music. Really? Yeah, you, I think I think you mentioned this, right? You do a little bit of music yeah, on the I side. Do a
0: little bit. Yeah, I do. I do. I do, I do it for, for as a hobby. I got my studio at the house. Nice. Yeah, so I do. I do. I do a little bit of rap and a little I rap in my tutorials. sometimes, <laughs> you know. I That's sick, it, I bro. It, yeah, I love I love the music.
1: That's sick. Yeah. That's sick. Uh, creating. Anything, has, anything to has to do, do with creating, or, right? Yeah. Amazing, bro. Um. And then question number four: who's had the biggest impact on your life
0: biggest impact in what aspect though
1: it could be it could be any aspect if you if there's like a if if there's a role model um if there's if it's parents if it's just anybody that you would give credit to on the impact that that they've had on your life and it could be multiple people it's fine. yeah it's
0: multiple people definitely
1: give me your top top two or three
0: my mom mhm-. Believe it or not, probably my ex <laughs> during that hard time that like, uh-huh. I, I felt like that fueled me and I was like, you know what?
1: To get you to where you like, got, yeah, got to today, I, right?
0: I, I really auto-analyzed auto myself and I was like, I need to change this, I need to do this, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was being this way or, and I corrected myself. And now, the woman I'm with now, well Waleska, I feel like she's definitely been a big part of, you know, my success.
1: And, and you, you always and, talk about her a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, and definitely, you know, inspired me to, to be better. And their uh, daughters too, you know, they've inspired me to be better also. Big part of it.
1: That's huge, man. Um last question. What do you want people or the world to remember Yandi Blends as? Like like what's that what legacy do you want to leave? Like when somebody says Yandi blends ten years from now, fifteen years from now, or when you're not around, what do you want people to remember you as?
0: I want them to remember me as an example like you can do whatever you want like in the industry you can you can build your brand you can you know I, I want them to feel like, like they learned like and I get this love all the time but that they learned millions of people learned off of my content they learned how to be, become better barbers um, better businessmen better in all areas in life just I want them to remember me as somebody who inspired you know a lot of people to just be better and whatever they're doing. It doesn't even have to be barbering. It could be, you know, whatever they're doing, whatever they wanna choose and whatever success is for them, because everybody's definition of success is different. different. Mm-hmm. So whatever success is to them, just follow that.
1: Bro, that's that's amazing. Yandi, bro, I wanna thank you so much for being on the show with me. It's truly, truly been an honor. Um, it Do me a quick favor, where can everybody find you? How do they find you on social media? Where can everybody find you?
0: They can find me at Yandy Blends. Y-A-N-D-Y underscore blends, B-L-E-N-D-Z. Find me there. I'm here in Miami, Florida, living the dream, baby.
1: And make sure you book with them, guys. They say the best views are the hardest climbs and behind the glory, there's always a significant story. Yandy's story has shown us that adversity was nothing less than a stepping stone to his growth and success. All he did was believe in his vision and everything manifested right in front of his eyes. It's a truly powerful and inspiring story. So to all the listeners, if there's something that impacted you from today's episode or something that you can relate to, please drop a comment, share it with us. Myself and Yandi would love to hear from each and every one of you. And I want to thank Yandi. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Again, my name is Avi Javeri. I'm your inner engineer and remember to always prioritize what they can't see. Discipline is simple. It's just remembering what you want. So don't forget to always prioritize what they can't see.